Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's popping in the culture. And people, I'm telling you, Vice Principals is back. Danny McBride, my guest today, who is Vice Principal Neil Gamby. Well, he wasn't principal for like 30 seconds, but he's <laughs> Vice Principal, and that show's back on HBO. And Danny is right here. So welcome, here. sir. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's good to see great. you. The time for lawlessness is over. The fun is done. The fun is done. <laughs> I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's so ass. You, is, you know, I've never gotten to ask you this because when you were Kenny Powers, there was a whole other thing going. Mm -hmm. But there's something wonderfully appealing about Neil Gamby and his a-hole-ness, which is part of his nature. Mm -hmm. And that you write him and you play him. Yes. Yep. So is this you? <laughs> this Everybody wants to know. You know what? It's not, it's it isn't me, but I oh, gotta say, come on. as a writer, writing good guys is just boring. You know, it's, it is. It's, uh, Watching them too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's more fun to like present the audience with somebody I think that's flawed, has issues, and then figure out a way to still make people sort of understand what they're all about. Flawed is is understating yeah. uh, the problems with <laughs> with Neo and Lee. Yeah, they're they're. You know, like we when we uh, when we wrote the show, it was supposed to be like a you know Eastbound is like a weird meditation on ego, and this is a meditation on leadership. You know, and so we really we broke those two characters down. It was like there's two ways someone can lead. You know, they can they can be smart enough to sort of know not what to say to people, mm -hmm. and that's Lee Russell. And there could be leaders that are dumb enough to just say what they think, <laughs> and that also isn't a good way to lead. And so that both of these guys are sort of exploring those elements of a leader. Well, that's why I kind of trust Neil. He is a very different person than mm -hmm. Kenny Powers is. He, but basically, I say I trust him because he just doesn't have that thing in his DNA. <laughs> yeah. Where he can, he just has to express what's pissing him off. He's like honest to a fault. Yes. You know, and that and uh, and, it, and it trips him up in his own life. He uh, yeah, he does no. There's nothing about, he doesn't understand how to just keep certain things to himself. And, and Kenny, I feel like, was just someone who, he wasn't even aware that he was the sort of that he is. And, and I think Neil, unfortunately, is aware of how he comes off. And that's the tragedy of him, is that he, he doesn't want to be that way. He a little hurt by it yeah, yeah. They're teasing him yeah. about that he looks fat wearing a certain thing, and he just goes. <laughs> yeah, it hurts, stings. <laughs> <laughs> so all that stuff is going on. But at the end of the last season, there you are, Neil Gamby, you know, after you and Lee torturing the principal. Mm -hmm. I mean, so terribly brutal. mean to her. Just terribly like, mean. Brutal. And then there you are in the parking lot with this guy in the warrior mask shooting you. Getting shot down. So it was so who shot JR. Yeah, totally was. Now, I assume since you're here that you're such a method Daniel Day-Lewis type actor. Mm -hmm that you wouldn't have allowed yourself to be shot had you not actually been. Yeah, you know? I, I demanded real bullets to right. be put in the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, it, I yeah. knew it. But now he's back. Yeah. He's back. That much we can say without yeah. spoiling Yeah, he, 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 he is back, uh, but he's wounded, and he's not as powerful as he once was. Well, I've watched a few shows. <laughs> I don't know. Emotionally wounded. Yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely is. He's doing that. But was that always in your mind and Jody's and everybody when you were doing this that you were going to do a kind of who shot JR version? Yeah, you know, like for us, it was this idea of just like playing with the format of television. You know, when we were imagining what we want to follow Eastbound up with, 
we're, the idea of just doing another show that was going to go on and on and on, just it, it was like, oh, you know, that's what everybody's doing right now. Let's try to come up with something that's a little bit more precise and something that has more of a beginning, middle, and end. And, um, and so that's what we were really adamant with HBO. Like, we really want to just, this is 18 episodes, and we're going to make this story pay off in 18 episodes. And so when it uh, came time to figure out where to divide that story in half and sort of have our intermission, uh, yeah, that shooting seemed like a pretty good place to kind of put the brakes on things for a while. That's what's great about it. I don't know what is actually happening or what will happen. Can't predict it. Don't really know. Yeah, that, that, that is honestly what our, you know, when we wrote this, as we wrote it as a feature originally, and that was the problem that Jody and I had with it, was that it felt too predictable. When you, when you had to jam this story into an hour and a half, uh, it, you could see a lot of the moves coming. And once we opened it up and, like, started to explore these characters more, it really did make it where you, you know, we, we hope that the audience has no clue where it's going. You don't even really know as an audience member who you're even rooting for, what you even want to have happen. And so that's sort of our, our goal with this. Well, you guys always piss off people. Mm-hmm. How do you react to it when you get... Because some of it, I can predict that people will be pissed off. And at other times, I can't. I yeah. just don't know. Yeah. In you terms know, of Brenda, it's the two of you are racist because you're picking on a powerful black woman. Yes. That, that's how some people translate it. But, you know, that's how people translate the world we live in. It's like everyone doesn't see everything that happens the same way because we all have different experiences. But I, I kind of feel like that can't make you not tell a story about something. I think as you know, a writer or an actor or anything, I think you just have to kind of know that what you're doing comes from a pure place and comes from a, you know, a, you know, a place that feels like it's worth discussing or talking about. So to me, the idea that these guys are, you know, in, engaged in this terrible behavior, it's not an excuse for it. It's not trying to, like, you know, uh, justify anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a story about people who did something terrible. And, uh, and that's the world that we live in. I mean, people don't act the way that they should, and people don't make the choices that they should. And I feel like that's more relatable, and there's a little bit of an opportunity to have an understanding there as opposed to just present these guys as just being squeaky clean and we're all there for the hijinks. I think it opens up a deeper discussion that's, I think, more interesting. Who is most offended by what you uh, and maybe my Maybe do? my parents probably are the most offended, I would think. <laughs> Come uh, on. <laughs> it's like we, we raised this kid. We have to go to work and see people and discuss this. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, uh, I know everyone's like, oh, I don't read reviews, but I really don't. And uh, I really kind of stay well, away from then it. my job's Yours so I read, right, of, sure. of course. Okay, but, right. uh, you know, I think it's, it's dangerous to go down that well some, sometimes uh, if you're creating something because, like, I just think as humans, subconsciously, if you get patted on the back for something, you, you, you're, you're subconsciously going to go for that positive reinforcement. And, and if you find that you got slapped on the wrist, you might just alter what you would do. And so uh, that was part of why we wrote all these as one, as one whole. Like, we wrote all 18 episodes before we even shot anything. And, and that, a lot of that had to do with that is we felt like uh, – even with Eastbound, it's like with each season you'd hear the stuff people liked or didn't like, and it would affect what you would decide to do the next season. And so with this, we were like, let's just write it all as one so we can't be affected by people's opinions of it, and it can just be a, an honest story. I remember you telling me a story years ago when you were first doing Eastbound and Down. Was it your grandmother mm-hmm. that you was watching it in assisted living or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. What at, was that? It was at a retirement uh, community down in Florida. Yeah, and she said they, they, they put it on, and then all of the ladies, like in her bridge club or whatever, like iced her. They all, like, kind of stopped talking to her a little <laughs> bit after <laughs> What a grandson. What just a wonderful. They were jealous, I like to think. Yeah, their, sons, their grandsons didn't have a, a wonderful sense of humor. Has to be what it was. <laughs> it's working. 
something is working, you know. <laughs> well, your kids are too young to be watching any of this. Yes. What did you say? They were five and five and two. two. Yeah. yeah. So we'll wait at least till next year. Yeah. They should be of age. Yeah. I think three. Yeah. yeah. Three is, is a good the, time to that's just starting jump point. in. You also do uh, these strange things now, where you play yourself. I've mm -hmm. seen you play yourself in This Is the End. Mm -hmm. Beautiful version of you, yeah. You know, just yep. warm and, yeah. and cuddly, <laughs> and you play yourself in the disaster artist yes. that's coming now. Mm -hmm. And none of these versions of you. Mm -hmm. How close are they? Uh, I'm trying to find the real. The disaster dance. artist is just like an interview, so that is yeah. that is me. Me. Mm -hmm. But even this is the end. It was funny, like when Seth and those guys gave me the script. They're like, "Yeah, we wrote this part. And everyone's playing themselves." And you should read. Like, is this how these guys see me? Is this what they think I'm like? <laughs> Like maybe okay. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> who is the real you? Basically, a, a tea drinker at four o'clock. Who tea drinker at four? Who, yeah. Who, yep. Who Gets sits to bed by and, eight. Yeah. and reads Chaucer? Yeah, that's me. In a nutshell, <laughs> that's I kind, it. <laughs> now, who are you? It's who am time I? now. I've talked to you enough times that I now need to know. You need to know the real how scoop. you were created in what place, and then what set you out into the world being you. Uh. I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know, I mean, I think all these characters are like an extension of my sense of humor and the kind of stuff I find humorous. Uh, but I think with that, nobody in the retirement home yeah, was feeling it. They weren't yeah. feeling it. I don't know if that was my target audience. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. I think like with these characters, I might share the same sense of just like dreaming of like having an ambition or a goal that I've always wanted to do. And you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to make movies. That was, you know, ever, I mean, I can remember when my parents like got cable when I was like in second grade I would like go with my family to pay the cable bill because I thought that that was like where TV was made was like in that Wouldn't shopping that center <laughs> like trying to look inside like why is there just one person behind a desk in there what, what is that and you're still doing that yeah, yeah. Still, still to this day I still think it's all there but uh, yeah I don't know I mean you know I feel like uh, yeah, I just like to have a good time, and I like to laugh, and uh, yeah, and I just like well, to write and tell stories. Well, were your parents encouraging, or were they just uh, worried? No, they were always <laughs> encouraging. They were they were always encouraging. I made good grades in school. I didn't ever really give them any trouble, uh, and yeah, so they were all, like when I told them I wanted to get in to go to film school, they never like pushed back on that. They were like supportive of it, and. Uh, yeah, and I, so I think they're surprised that it turned out the way it did. Wasn't your mom doing something with, with puppets? Yeah, you know, when I, I grew up in a very religious household, uh, and so my mom... Well, they did, have like, to be Puppet ministry. Proud. Yeah, very <laughs> <laughs> We've turned our back on the back church years sure, ago. Yeah. Uh, but my mom did, like, puppet ministry, so she had all these puppets, and she would, like, write these, puppet like... Puppet ministry? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I still have all those puppets. They're in a box in my closet. I'm just trying to find the right well, project what, to use Well, what were they? Were they... It's <laughs> like people, just like... Regular people? Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. built the puppets? I, I'm, I'm assuming... I don't know. She didn't build them. She, she built the stage that they... There was, like, a PVC stage with like sheets hanging over it. But the puppets, I'm assuming, from a catalog or something. No, this would, <laughs> this kind of thing would spare you years of therapy. I think, you know, those puppets <laughs> were basically preaching the good word. They were, they were, yep. And then you went terribly wrong yeah. in the other direction. Or maybe all this terrible stuff is ultimately preaching the good word underneath. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what it is. It. Yeah. Wow. You cracked Did the you sleep with any of the puppets? <laughs> I tried to. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, just, I, mean, I got denied I just, by all of them. Well, you mean you, you believe the cable yeah. company has got this, so I'm thinking, yeah. okay, what do these puppets know? <laughs>
puppets were on stage before you were. They were. Yes. Yeah. They were. That's who I was. Uh, I was trying to aim to be like them. Did yeah. they have agents? Uh, they should have. They would have probably lasted longer. They would have gotten out of that. Uh, you know, the youth ministry probably earlier. Yeah. Made it to the big time. So you're born in Georgia. Yeah. But raised in Virginia. Raised in Virginia. Yep. So is everything good there now? With uh... everything's good in Virginia. My parents still live there. And I, uh, I just moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, in July. Like we shot Vice Principals there with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, David and Jody and all the guys that I work with. And we all, uh, yeah, we all have kids now, and we all were living. You know, some of us were in Austin, some of us were in Los Angeles, and we just had such a good time down in Charleston that we were like Texas what? and and Charleston, just hurricane path yeah. places that you want to be. That's and we're like, let's go there. there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's it. Great. That's it. Yeah. But we did it. We moved there. And all the guys that I work with move there, and so now that's where we're trying to set up our camp. And does that make it easier for for you to do what you do away from the whole Los Angeles, New York? I, I think factory? it definitely does. I uh, every time we would do anything, we always would take it outside of LA. We'd always go back to North Carolina, or you know, like in East Bend, went down to Puerto Rico. So I was always working out of LA. I think I only worked in LA like twice on two movies. I think that's it. And so as my kids were getting older too, I just. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to keep doing this if, I, if it meant I had to keep leaving for six months out of the year. And so we saw an opportunity to like go to another state and try to help them build their film community and, and go get something going down there. But when you were in school, I'm trying to get now to who inspired Neil mm -hmm. and Link <laughs> when you were creating it. What kind of teachers and principals and vice principals did you have? Is this any real life in here? Because the puppet thing is now making me think. Now your mind's that spinning. everything yeah. has a connection connected. back <laughs> to something else. I think that with any, any, every writer, I think it's, their, their work is connected to their history, I'm sure, in some way. Because you wouldn't choose the subject matter if it didn't, like, there wasn't something deep in there that did interest you. Uh, I guess with this, you know, I, I was a substitute teacher. I think I talked to you about that before when I did, before I did Eastbound, I was a substitute teacher and I was just fascinated with the idea of stories that took place at a school because I had, uh, you know, obviously been to school as a student and had no idea or no concept that there was all this other stuff happening, you know, in the teacher's lounge. And, uh, and it seemed like there's very rare to have these places where so many people that are different have to be under one roof and there's all these things that are happening that like one whole section of the people have no idea that what the teachers are going through and the teachers don't really have any idea of what the students are going through and you know it just seemed like uh, an atmosphere to be able to like I don't know create something bring different types of people together and it also kind of feels like it could be looked at as a kingdom you know that that's what these oh. guys are battling over is ultimately uh, a throne you know and well isn't it all power all power you know, this is basically what it is. The whole idea of the criticism about the racism just makes no sense to me when basically these guys just think if they're principal, everything's going to be Everything's great. right. It's 100%. And that is what it's about. Is It's about that. It's about this idea of what people think that they're owed and what people think, that how their job will fix shortcomings in their own lives and how far they're willing to try to do that, you know? You did something recently that was amazing. You're in an Alien movie. Yep, yeah. Alien Covenant, directed by Ridley Scott yeah, himself. Yeah, Sir Ridley, Sir I know. Sir Ridley. Crazy. Did you have to fight your way into this? <laughs> I how just, did like that everything, happen? I just kind of bumbled my way into it. I still am not sure I don't how believe. it happened. <laughs> Ridley's like a general, you know? Yeah. I think you can't bumble into he, uh, anything with him. 
I just got a phone call from that he wanted to sit down and meet, and I wasn't even sure what it was even in relation to. And so, big fan of Kenny Powers, maybe. I, I, I guess so. And I knew that I knew from from Seth Rogen that he had seen uh, Pineapple Express. Seth had said that they had heard from him that he really enjoyed that. So I was aware that he had seen something that I was in, but. Uh, yeah, I came in and sat down with him, and I'm a, you know, I went to film school. I'm, a, I work, you know, I'm a yeah. humongous fan of his, and uh, it was crazy. I was just sitting there in a meeting with him and talking to him. And he's talking to me, telling me stories about Kubrick, and we're just having this cool kind of film buff uh, conversation. And then he just like pulls his chair over and pulls out this big book of conceptual drawings, and he's like showing me this spaceship with these sails on it and how like how these things work and what NASA's working on that's similar to this. And he flips the next page and there's just a xenomorph on there. And I'm like, is he talking to me about alien? Is that what this is about? And well, then so you got, didn't know anything. About I had no what he clue what it was about. And so then I was just like, I couldn't believe that that was what the meeting was for. And then they sent me the script and I was just like, this is amazing that I'm getting to read what happens next. in the Even if I don't get it, this will be incredible. But, uh, but yeah. you stay in the ship. Yeah. Not that you can't get in big trouble there, yeah. and, you know, which is what you do to yeah. do it. But is it like being in some kind of fantasy that you it totally <laughs> grew is. up around and you're there? Totally. Everything was in it but Sigourney Weaver. It's totally, it's so true. And it's like he, uh, I didn't know what that production would be like if it would be something where you're on there and it's all just green screen, you know, or, or, or what. And you go on there and he's built these sets. I mean, you're in, you're in like, you know, the, the main bridge of the Covenant and it's built. You're walking around it. You're touching everything that's there. And uh, there's a, a part in the film where I have to like fly, the character flies this lander down, this cargo lander to like try to, you know, help rescue these people that are stuck on that planet. And, you know, I go to the set for that and they're shooting outside and he's, they've built that ship and it's on like a gimbal that goes up like 50 feet in the air and, and is on, you know, moving around and coming down. I mean, and I just sat in there for a week, just like strapped into this thing going up and down and it was unreal. It was It's an crazy. alien freaks Disneyland. Yeah, it really yes. is. <laughs> and every time I'd look around, I would like, God, I got to take a picture of this. I have to, people aren't going to believe that I was in this. And I'm like, well, I guess it will come out in the movie theater eventually and then they'll know that I was no, in no. it. But what about the alien <laughs> thing itself? Yeah. Did you deal with that? Did you yeah, we have did. a relationship with uh, the alien? I did. I, w I took the alien out to dinner <laughs> nightly and t talked about how we could maybe improv some <laughs> new scenes. Uh, we, uh, that was the first stop I went to. When I got to the set the first time and they were like showing me around, I was like, where's the creature shop? Can I go see what those guys are doing? So I, w you know, I was walking around there, checking out all that stuff, which is so fascinating. And uh, yeah, like Ridley, even when like the alien pursues you, there's like a guy who's like six foot five, a contortionist in what an alien suit running after you down the hallway, and it's, it sounds I mean, scary. It is very scary, and you're <laughs> you're sitting there like, yeah, this is just a movie, whatever. And then you see him coming, you're like, oh god, I gotta run. <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> you take him for lunch. <laughs> yeah, you know? I should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you to express yourself as I always do at the end of a show. Okay. In song. In song. I'm sure. Well, you've okay. done it. Have you I? Know, you put it out of your mind. <laughs> but <laughs> it's out there somewhere, okay, okay. you know, where it's viral, and mm -hmm. it should be again. Okay. Maybe it's the song that is going through Neil Gamby's head all during the time uh, from his being shot until mm -hmm. he was conscious again and in getting back into the world to do this. You want me to sing a song? Of course I do. <laughs> a little piece of it. Why do you 
saying this? You always sing. Uh, I never sing. Do you I sing? always sing. When do I sing? <laughs> I, I have it. I can show it Neil, to you. Neil later. Gamby, I think he he his he doesn't really like songs. He just thinks uh, like military drum corps marches. That's what that's what. Well, he's how are you going to do that for me? You exactly. Can't. I would. So you're going. If to I have, could, I would. You're going to have to give me something from you then. Danny McBride. Oh, man. I need to hear it. Don't sweat. It's twinkle, it's a, twinkle, little star. Maybe. That's not that's in your head. <laughs> what do you sing to the kids? Every father sings to their child. It's very boring. ABC. I, I love just it. Put it I down. love it. Yeah. I want to hear it. Done by you, okay. it would take a new meaning. Okay. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Now I know my ABCs. Wow! Next you did time, that like with me. a yeah. one-act play. That was love. Perfect. It. Thank you, talk. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>